0: Good evening, welcome in, and welcome back to State of the Tigers, PowerMizzou.com's weekly show on Mizzou football. Monday night's brought to you by James Carlton State Farm. You can find James at carltoninsurance.net. You can get a hold of him at 314-961-4800. His information will be rolling across the bottom of the screen All show long, if you are joining us here on YouTube, appreciate you guys joining us live. Uh, We were here last Monday. We took the Thursday show off. We are back this Monday because football is back. Mizzou football is back, that is. Football in general did not go anywhere. Uh, But Mizzou football returns after a week off. want to invite you guys, if you're here with us live, put your comments, your questions, whatever in uh, in the queue. We will get to those as the show goes along. We bring Gerard Hamilton onto your screen. Gerard and I spent the previous eight minutes or so fixing the Kansas City Chiefs. We will spend the next, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 minutes uh talking Mizzou football. So, Gerard, <coughs> I know you agree with me now. The bye week is the best week of the year, man.
1: It's my favorite week of the year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was much needed. Um, got me back up. I feel I feel in a much different sense like the football players a bye week won't get you to hundred percent, but it may take you from 60 to, you know, 75, 80%. That's what I'm feeling. Right. So
0: before we get to Mizzou, Georgia, look, it's, it's like I kind of wrote in 10 thoughts this morning. It's a game worthy of all the the hype and buildup. I think we can give it the next five days, but before we get to that, like, Did you watch football on, watch a lot of football on Saturday? Like what stood out to you on the, or did you just say, nah, I'm out, man. I'm going to, I'm going to go enjoy the 35 degree rain.
1: Well, what happened was uh, Friday, I was out Saturday. I got to see like the, I had the Florida state wake forest game on. I was making some food. I had that on Watched the first quarter of the Georgia Florida game. And then I also realized what like reality is, is like, People want to talk to you and hang out and stuff. With, like, hanging out with my girlfriend. <laughs> no, not, like,
0: not me, man. I don't have that problem. I'm good.
1: <laughs> people, people are like, oh, we know you're on. No, it's the bye week and stuff, which which is completely fine. I did watch the Georgia Florida game like a condensed version this morning before I started writing my column. Um, so that's all I really got to see, but I have some thoughts on that. Yeah. Uh, so
0: so, I- go ahead. Yeah, Jared's asking you a question that.
1: Or uh game, he said he's freeway jared ass, anybody going to the game i'm trying to find a tailgate crew he tells me i have a nice hat young bryson Hiller. i've been getting that for i don't know how many years now i just need a haircut y'all that's all it is
0: <laughs> so um so so with georgia there have been two games this year that i was like okay i want to watch this georgia game i, I think this would be a game worth watching the first one was georgia kentucky i can't remember what game we covered that day but like by the time it was over i knew i was going to get home like early second quarter and my plan was turn on georgia kentucky it was 31-7 in the middle of the second quarter so i did not watch a snap of that game i was like this game's over so florida i was watching uh, i was watching kansas oklahoma might have, might have fallen asleep woke back up rewound it to watch the end of kansas oklahoma and so then i was i ran and did a couple things i was going to watch georgia florida and by the time I went to one and watched Georgia-Florida, it was 24-7. And I'm like, no, this game's over, right? So I've basically seen Georgia not play at all because the only two games I wanted to watch, they ended before I could turn
1: them on. I think that first game was after we covered LSU, I want to say. So like Okay, that, that was,
0: makes sense,
1: yeah. Um, but, yeah, I watched the first part. I actually watched uh, – I seen Florida get on the board first. I was thinking – I didn't think it was going to be a game, but I was like, that's a good sign. Like, at least they have that. Think I seen Georgia maybe hit a field goal or something after that. After that, it, I, I didn't. I didn't watch the rest, but that's when everything got bad for <laughs> everything yeah, got bad for Florida after that.
0: Yeah, and I, so that game kind of made me. Here's what I think the biggest thing for Missouri Georgia is, and I'm going to make a lot of you guys know I'm a big golf fan, so I'm going to make a golf analogy here. Every April on Thursday afternoon, Jim Nance tells us you cannot win the Masters on Thursday, but you can lose it. Missouri cannot beat Georgia in the first quarter on Saturday, but Missouri can 100% lose to Georgia Absolutely. in the first quarter on Saturday. I like I don't they don't have to be ahead after the first quarter. They don't have to be have a Kentucky first quarter and be up 14 nothing. They absolutely can't be behind 14 nothing after the first quarter or that game is over. For
1: sure. Yeah, at least uh what's it arms arms reach basically? Arms reach. If they can yeah. do that, um I think the even if it's like a 7-3 thing, but you're you can my biggest thing is can they can the offense get up and down on the field will? Is are they, are they having a quick free and out or something like that? Like what happens if they they have to receive the ball first? I think that's that's a huge possession because we've seen that versus Kentucky when they received. It was like a quick three and out. And then Kentucky scored. And obviously they kind of got it back when um they got the forced fumble to start the you know, that first play was Joe Charleston making that fumble. Um, but that doesn't happen that often. So you they've got to score quickly, they gotta move the ball up and down the field early on.
0: Yeah, David Fine actually asked if we win the toss, take the ball or defer. It's I right. defer it. This is the one thing that Andy Reid taught me about football that I totally agree with. You always right. defer, you never
1: take always. the ball. always, always. Yeah, that, that swing to you know whether whether you have the ball at the end of the first half, or if you can get a stop to stop someone else's momentum, knowing you're going to get the ball, it's always going to be huge. I forgot who I seen last week. I can't remember if it was college or it's probably NFL, but. I feel like a team, they receive the ball and they score it fast, quick and early. And it's like, good for them, but that's what you need to do. But how many times does it feel like a team re- chooses to receive, then scores immediately? I, I don't know. That's I don't think that's the approach. Right.
0: Because to me, even if you're down 14 points at halftime, if you're getting the ball to start the third quarter, like you know we're one play away from a one-possession game. Right. I, it, it is – I would much rather have them because also – teams a lot of teams take a minute to settle in and and I I expect that on Saturday out of Missouri there's I think there's gonna be some nerves like I don't think Missouri scores on the first drive I don't think they look perfect on the first drive because look like it or not no player on this team has ever played a game like this in college I mean I don't know maybe Theo Weiss played one at Oklahoma but for the most part these guys have not played a game against a team like this, in an atmosphere like this, with these kind of stakes. I think it would be perfectly understandable if there's a little bit of shakiness at the beginning.
1: Yeah, well, I will say, not obviously not to this degree, but playing some of the games this year versus a LSU, versus a Kentucky, versus Kansas State, all those teams were ranked. I feel like that helps this group a little bit. They got off to a really hot start versus LSU. I'm not, again, not comparing it to playing Georgia or any of the games Georgia's played. I'm just saying for this group this year, it helps being, you know, playing some of these games and having confidence from those, you know, from those type of outings and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, and and look, I don't want to pretend that Missouri won't be prepared, doesn't know what they're doing, anything like that. I, I'm just saying, like, this one's different, and, and I think it's going to feel different. Um, and as much as you can prepare for that and as much as you can tell guys and all that, I'm not sure you really feel it until you're out there. Um, Aiden says the only way they win is 24-20. So I I was asked this question. Like, what kind of game do you think gives Missouri a better shot? Low scoring or a shootout?
1: I want to say a shootout. And I want to say – the reason I'm saying that is I just like it better. If I'm, if I'm a fan of the team, I like it better if my offense is flowing. Because then you think at the end of the game, I feel much more confident in my offense that's flowing to maybe get us over the hump. Even if it's in a low-scoring game versus this particular team, I mean, Georgia, we seen it last year. It, it was not all that high-scoring. It was a pretty good game, but it wasn't like super high-scoring. It, it felt kind of like a slug, and then fourth quarter comes, boom. I think it was like 17-3 outscored Missouri or something like that. Um, I think I want Brady Cook and the offense to be kind of hot a little bit and and be able to make a play maybe down the stretch or something.
0: See, I I go the other way. I think Missouri – I'm with Aiden. I think they have a better chance to win 24-20 than they would like 45-42. And and there's a couple of reasons for that. First of all, I just – I don't know that you can hang 40 points on this Georgia defense. Like I I know, I know Ohio State did it last year, but look, man, that was CJ Stroud, who apparently is a lot better than I thought. And Jackson Smith and Jigba and Emeka and Buka, Egbuka and Marvin Harrison Jr. And I mean, Ohio State had dudes. And nobody else hung 40 on, on Georgia. And I don't think anybody's come particularly close to doing it this year. The other thing is. If I'm the underdog, I feel a little bit better about a low scoring game because I think in a low scoring game, like if you have a three and out, if you have a turnover, like it doesn't feel like this death blow, right? I I mean, I I covered the 2013 SEC title game against Auburn, and that game was, I want to say it was 42-42 at the end of three quarters. I mean, they were just up and down the field. and then. Missouri had one drive where it didn't score and it felt like oh no like it was just one mistake but it felt like it buried them because they've been scoring all day long and in the end that's what happened basically Auburn scored Missouri failed on one drive and that's what ended up beating them I just think a lower scoring game gives gives the underdog a little bit more margin for error that is that's a good
1: point and Guys, any way you fall, I, I we can make arguments for both sides. Honestly, I will say playing versus LSU and how that game was, and them going back and forth. I know they lost by ten, but really, what was it? Uh, what was the? It was it was, it was the yeah. late pick. It six. was the pick six. Yeah. So really, it was three. And the way it wasn't like Missouri was struggling on that last drive before the you know the false start and you know the big fumbles. They were moving the ball down the field quite efficiently, really quickly, and most of us in the press box think they were at least tying, if not going to score, they were moving the ball so they can do that. I know LSU's defense is way beneath Georgia's defense.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I will. I do know that, but that's still, I mean, the games they played this year, they played some good defenses and they have still been able to move the ball and score points. So having that, when they played Georgia in 2013, the game everybody talks about, that was a pretty high scoring game. I know that's obviously different players and all that stuff, but, I don't know something about that offense has everybody going. I know there's probably going to be a good Missouri crowd there with them. Maybe that helps them too. I I don't know. I just, I'm feeling the offense right now.
0: So you said, you said Missouri's played some good defenses. I think Missouri's played one good defense. I think Kansas State's pretty good on defense. I don't know if anybody else. When I said
1: that, that's what I was thinking of. Kansas State, um, Kentucky's. Kentucky. Okay. their defense, I always say this, they're a lot right. of the defenses, Middle Tennessee, that was a good defense. Part of that was there, Mr. but Middle Tennessee kind of kept them in check. We don't know, I guess, in a way, though, because Missouri wasn't playing the same offense they're playing right. So, right. I don't know. You can squash that one. But they've played some okay defenses. that That's okay, They've been playing some okay defenses that are good at certain things. Like Kentucky, right. they're good at – one part of defense, and maybe not the other part. Like yeah. they, I can't remember if they were good at stopping the, no, they were good at stopping the run, I think. And yeah. then maybe they're not that great against the pass or whatever. They've yeah, so
0: good. so so let's revise that to say Missouri has played some defenses. We don't know if they're good, <laughs> but they but they they have. We we can confirm they have played some defenses. They haven't played anybody quite like Georgia. All right, so I I put this this was one of the first comments, and I put it off because I I didn't want to start the show, having to having to like be a therapist and fix attitudes around here but that's what we're going to do now. Kyler T, I honestly believe there is a world where if we went out oh, wow. we get snubbed for the college football playoff. So, let me tell you why that's not true. I made I made some people mad when I texted them on Saturday. I said, "Hey, just so you know, I'm rooting for KU today." Um and first of all because it's an upset man. I root for upsets. Like people get mad in here. KU football and KU basketball are different things for me. Like KU football, I whatever I get, they have Jayhawks on their helmets. I don't, I I never hated KU football because it wasn't like you hate teams that are good. And, and they, Missouri and Kansas football. It was kind of like just this afterthought, honestly, to me, but here's the main reason because Oklahoma losing that game the path is clear, man. If Missouri, lose, if Missouri wins every game they play through the SEC championship, they are playing in the college football playoff. There is not any – I cannot invent a scenario where that doesn't happen.
1: Right. And, Kyler, I mean, come on, man. Where's the optimism at? If you beat the, t- uh, the, the back-to-back reigning champs on a 25-game win streak on the road, then you beat Tennessee – that's ranked. You beat this, I don't think Florida's good, but everybody for the whole season they've been boosting them up as at least competent. And then you go ahead and finish Arkansas and your only losses to and, another – and then you topic. win the
0: SEC title game.
1: Yeah. So then you and then your only loss is to what? what? I don't know where LSU is gonna be, but you know, a top 15, 20 team or wherever they fall, you don't think you're gonna make the the college football playoff? That's crazy. See, I understand because me and Gabe, before we got on here, I was telling him about when I see the Chiefs schedule, there's some games when I know they're playing a marquee game, I will count it as a loss. Not because I don't I, I think they're gonna lose, just so if it, it it does happen, it's just like okay. But the level of um pessimism is, is quite steep right there.
0: Okay, let me invent the worst case scenario for Missouri winning out and see if that would keep them out of the playoff. So Florida State wins out. So Florida State's getting in, right? Mm-hmm. That's one. Um, Ohio State or Michigan wins out, whichever one it is. I, I don't care. Okay. The other one's eleven and one. Um.
1: Would it be? You got a Big Twelve team in there?
0: I mean, I guess Texas That's wins it. out, and they finish twelve and one.
1: I've got to check their schedules because I feel like Oklahoma plays nobody
0: left Oklahoma plays nobody Texas has beaten Alabama their second best win would be Kansas State or Oklahoma maybe in a rematch or whatever um but I mean okay so Ohio State or Michigan wins out the other one's 11 and 1 like 11 and 1 Ohio State or Michigan is not getting in over 12 and 1 SEC champion it's not going to happen right yeah yeah
1: if you think the SEC is not going to have somebody in there
0: right and like this is
1: and they the be twelve.
0: I mean, the yeah. interesting part of the playoff is the Pac-12. So, worst case scenario for everybody outside of the Pac-12 is Oregon wins out and beats Washington in the Pac-12 title game. That means they are both twelve and one, and the only loss is to each other. Yeah. So, like, I can argue that they both would belong in the playoff, but I, I just don't see both of the. They're not getting in over a twelve and one SEC team that has won the league title and has at least three or four ranked wins.
1: And on it's top, just not going to happen. On top, and I and maybe this is just me, but also the fact that they play in the SEC and not a dissolving conference. I, I wonder what that, especially when that conference is the SEC. Oh, see, this is when they would flex their SEC muscle. The, in Greg, the Greg
0: Sankey might get college football canceled. If the twelve and one SEC <laughs> champion got left out of the line, he might just yeah. say the rest of you are not allowed to play
1: anymore. Yeah, I don't, I don't know in what sport that a team could beat the the champs, even if they just win the last championship, let alone the last two, and then they have a great record to go along with that, and they're like, nope, no playoffs, nothing for you. That was your Super Bowl or national championship. In I mean,
0: twelve and one Missouri would have wins over Kansas State, Georgia, Tennessee.
1: Kentucky. In either
0: LSU or Alabama,
1: and that yes, I mean, how many ranked wins is that?
0: It it would be four.
1: Kentucky, because I think K State will
0: be. I mean, it'd be five if you count Kentucky, because Kentucky was ranked when they. Yeah, played. yeah I'm counting them when they yeah. played. They then it would now, be unless,
1: five. well, I guess if they go on a, if they, Kentucky falls off a cliff. But I, right. they played a ranked team at the time, and they were unranked. So, yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, it got it, look. I I get the pessimism. I get the emotional protection, but
1: that's kind of steep.
0: <laughs> Oklahoma, like there was a path to 12 and one Missouri not making the playoff before last Saturday. It was narrow, it was like mm-hmm. a 5% chance, but mm-hmm. it was, it, you know, it, it, and look, this is also when at the end of the year, if you're 12 and one and Washington's 12 and one, and they're going to go, yeah, I know, but like Washington. Should have lost to Stanford and Arizona State. You know, I mean, those things matter. Yeah. You know, yeah. those, those things matter at the end of the year. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Kyle says, "I think Florida versus Georgia was the best result possible." Everyone back to praising Georgia and giving us zero chance. Um, to be fair, they're saying that about all of Georgia's. So, so this is kind of interesting. I I agree with Kyle. Um, I I listen to I usually on Monday and Tuesday catch up with a with a bunch of like. NFL and college football podcasts. And, and I was listening to uh, a college football podcast with that's done by some national guys who I think, I think do a really good job and really know their stuff. But one of them said, well, we're not really going to learn anything about Georgia until the SEC title. I mean, Georgia has got 14th ranked Missouri, something like 15th ranked Tennessee and 12th right. ranked Old Miss in the next three games.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like we're going to learn yeah. a little something.
1: I do I will say this. I may I'm not terribly surprised by that comment because I'm sure Georgia over the past, you know, 3 years, they've probably had all types of ranked teams that oh, we're going to learn something and they blow right through them. Well,
0: well but you learn, oh my god, Georgia's way better than it. Like if if Georgia beats Missouri, Ole Miss and Tennessee by an average of 24 points, you know what I learned? Georgia is just on a different level.
1: But they've been on a different level.
0: That's, why I
1: feel like that's probably why, but I get it. I don't think any of these games are scoffed at for any, any team. Um, Georgia is probably the most well-equipped obviously, but I, yeah, I also agree with you though. They will learn something. We will learn something um, and maybe they learn a lot about Missouri and hope and hope that maybe like Georgia takes this game, how the chiefs took it yesterday. <laughs> they just think, ah, yeah, oh, I- Yeah, I I,
0: I think that's unlikely, but I I think my bigger takeaway here is, and I don't think it's completely unfair, and I'll explain why, but outside the state of Missouri, like I'm usually against this nobody believes in something to prove, chip on our shoulder. I'm not a big fan of it because every team says it, right? Nobody outside the state of Missouri really, I think, thinks very much of Missouri yet. I think they're going. Yeah, you're better than last year. It, it's a nice story. You've done a good job, but like you know, Georgia's going to kill you. Tennessee's probably going to beat you, and Florida's a toss up. Is the I, I think that's the way this is. The next three weeks are viewed outside the state of Missouri by people that probably haven't seen this team play a whole lot, which because they haven't played national spotlight games now. Why? I don't think it's completely unfair. Their best win is Kansas State. It's a good win. It was on a 62-yard field goal on the last play of the game. It was not easy. But it was a good, solid win. Kentucky, I don't know. That's an okay win, I guess. Like, I think Kentucky's okay. Um, South Carolina, that I, no. Memphis, eh, it's fine. You know, so my point is, I get why there are skeptics, but I I really have started the more, because look, honestly, the last few years, I don't listen to a lot of national college football stuff because it just doesn't impact me because Missouri hasn't been a part of it. When Missouri is a part of this conversation, I listen to the national talk a lot more. And you really do see why fans come away with the idea that like the national stuff just tends to, Kind of embrace the name brands. I I think a lot of people look at this and go, yeah, but I mean it's Missouri, nice story, but this is this is over.
1: Which I think is, I think it's funny when we're talking about other Power Five teams and that happens, and or even even when we're talking about bi- basketball and we're talking about like uh, other teams that are in you know the big conferences. Like what was the championship? It was like San Diego State versus UConn this year. Yeah, correct. Um, I was one of those people who were saying like San Diego. Say that's a cool story, but personally, if it was just another big like, you don't get to be you know the biggest Blue Blood, but just something I've heard of or really know about, maybe even a little bit, I can I can live with that because we kind of see in the game and stuff like that. Like it doesn't interest me. I also want to say like I just like I get why people want the bigger names sometimes. Not necessarily the Blue Bloods are the top people, but I understand the big names. I will say, though, this kind of reminds me of and we've had this talk before when you do when we do national radio or national podcasts, and people ask you questions. And because we're in the beat and we see them all the time, we're thinking like we know so much about the program We're we we know more details. We've seen them play. We've seen every snap. So we're thinking, how could you think this team? Like, why are you asking me these questions? I can tell you haven't really watched them really play for you to be asking me. These broad, you know, questions, and this is what this feels like, honestly. Like, I, I, by the way, guys, I'll be on the the Mac and Cube show tomorrow. I feel, and they're there cool. They're cool people. They're good. Yeah, um, they're good. But um, and 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 Cole does his homework, so we we I'm not really worried about him. But just like usually when I go on national radio and people ask me questions, it's just like this team is this good. You don't really know about them. They do that story you're talking about, basically.
0: Yeah, and and like, look, I I say all the time. It takes all the energy I have to be an expert on one team, right? So I don't blame anybody for not being an expert on 134 teams. And, uh, it, you know, this isn't like a shot at, at anybody in general. I just think the easy analysis here is, yeah, Missouri 7-1. But, I mean, look at the schedule. They lost the only real game yeah. they played. But But it's like you're talking about people propping up Florida. The only reason they're doing that is because it says Florida on their helmet. You're right, if you watch Florida play, Florida is a very average football team.
1: I could have told I told everybody that in the offseason. I, I mean, right. they they right. they beat one game, they beat was Tennessee, yeah, they beat Tennessee, yeah, they and beat everybody Tennessee. was just ah, we're gonna blow it up. No, <laughs> it's not not a great team, and they still play in the sec where there are good teams,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, so and and, and look, it like all that said it is certainly not out of the realm of possibility that Georgia wins this game, like 45 to 14. That sure. That's not impossible. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, it, that, that could happen. And if that happens, then, Hey, all those people will, they will have been, I, I guess, right, at least for that day. And that's fair. Um, I, I just think that a lot of the noise you hear, a lot of the analysis you hear is it's very surface level. And, yeah. um, you know, yeah. which I, again, I get, I mean, I fully admitted at the beginning of the show, I haven't watched Georgia play, but I'm not. what well, also-
1: do we need to? I don't question Wait. Georgia. My thing is, yeah, do we question them or do we need to? No, My absolutely. very first time watching Georgia can be the SEC championship. You know, that's basically another, another buy or whatever SEC championship or playoff games. I can know off of those games along, like, yeah, know, they're valid. We don't need yeah. to ask questions about them.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. Um. Okay. Uh, okay. So, complete hypothetical here: If Mizzou destroys Georgia, do they leap and undefeated and get into the top four? So, first of all, probably not. Uh, but this leads to this leads to I I've asked this on a couple other shows I did today. So, rank these four things in the order that you think they're most likely to least likely. Georgia blows out Missouri. Georgia wins close, like less than 10, Missouri wins close, or Missouri blows out Georgia. Like what order would you put those in? You rank them for me. <laughs> you Okay. See, because I would put a Georgia close win above it. Like
1: I think the whoa, whoa, chances whoa, 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 of a Georgia whoa, whoa. close whoa.
0: win are a little above the chances yeah. Oh, yeah. of a Georgia okay, okay, blowout.
1: Okay. Yeah. That would be first 2nd sec- I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: But, but upshot is I think a Georgia blowout is probably more likely than a Missouri win.
1: Yeah. I, I, I agree. It's just so many things to overcome. Like I was, when I was writing for my column today, I was looking at the stats and I'm just like, even if it's not this guy, it's that guy. And if it's not that guy, it's this guy. And their best guy is hurt and his backup looks good. And then there's this other guy coming off an injury. who looks like a monster. And then this. It's too many. Look, too look, many they're they're
0: sixteen point favorites and they're forty one and one in their last forty two games. It is a monumental task. Um, Nick, appreciate the question. I think we would clearly all say of those four, Missouri blowing out Georgia is that's the lash. least likely
1: scenario. <laughs> yeah, that's that's last. And,
0: and look, if Missouri blows out Georgia, like I Nick, come on our post game show on Saturday night, and you just. You can like type anything you want and I will put the comment on the screen. Uh, you have earned that If Missouri. It, so a blowout to me is, is more than 17 points. If Missouri wins by more than 17 points, as long as it is not like, you know, racial homophobic, terrible stuff, you can type whatever you want in the comments. And I, I will, I will put it on our show on Saturday night. So seen a couple of questions like this um does Missouri pull out all the stops what what trick plays do they have I mean I, I think we could see one or two but like I don't think like you don't go into a game planning to run four or five
1: yeah because if you're running I feel like if you're running too many trick plays, I don't know. It means means
0: you can't just run off
1: it. Exactly. Like, what does that say about you? And and usually it takes one trick play for people to say, all right, like you, you pull a punt of of, a a fake punt, especially when you just brought that out what two or three weeks ago, you think that's not part of the game film they're watching. Like, you know, they're coming down to do something. Look at this fake punt that was just so critically acclaimed. Let's watch stuff like that. Like, they're going to be preparing for stuff like that.
0: So something just popped into my head. I don't know if you'll remember this. What did we see about four times in the season opener against Louisiana Tech last year that we have not seen since? Burden and
1: Wildcat?
0: Luther Burden, Wildcat. I wouldn't hate it.
1: Oh, no, he's much faster and stronger and hate it. better this year. That would They should have been doing it, but to be honest, they haven't really needed to do it. But, yeah, that would be – uh, that'd be good.
0: Luther, Luther Burden jump pass in the red zone? Can can that happen? I mean, if Kirby Moore is watching, I'm, I got I'm, some ideas. I'm,
1: I'm going to tell you why. I personally want Luther to be one of the receivers, even if he's not going to be the target. I want him out there for the threat to of it. I don't yeah. want him passing the ball for me, but I get what you're saying.
0: But, I mean, if if you put Luther and Wildcat on a couple plays, yeah. and then you put him there in the red zone, like – there might be something there, you know. Uh, so that just kind of popped in. But but overall, you're not winning a football game if you can't line up and run and throw the football normally. Like, a trick play is good, but it's a trick for a reason. You can't get – you know, we always say, hey, throw the kitchen sink at him. I mean, there's a limit to how much of it you can do in a game.
1: Wait, wait, what if there's a – there's like a Sam Horn trick play? It's another – Another quarterback out there that's they won't be prepared for that. I don't know what it could be, I mean, but I don't know.
0: Well, well, see, here's the problem with that though, because Sam really hasn't played this year. So as soon as you put Sam Horn on the field, if you've got Sam and Brady out there, like everybody knows what you're doing, right?
1: It doesn't necessarily have to have Brady out there, though. That would be part of the confusion. Though. Is he gonna run? So, is he gonna like what is so so
0: so? so I just want to be clear. Here because we have had this conversation about the other team we both follow. I am for no play on which you take your starting quarterback off the field by choice.
1: Very true. I now I don't now who was the starting was it Chad? I mean, Henning, I'm not saying Brady is
0: Patrick Mahomes. That's I, what I, I'm saying.
1: Are you calling Sam Horn <laughs> Chad Henney? Blaine Gabbert. Oh well, I'm thinking of last year, but yeah, uh I get what you're saying. I'm just saying, but you wanted to throw burden at, at quarterback, so I don't know. Do you want Brady Cook as your receiver? Are we doing a Philly special? What do we, we, what you got going on, Gabe?
0: I I don't know. I, I I think we'll see something, but I I don't I don't think we'll see you know more than one or two. Um. So here's here's one from Mitchell. We, this is just the hypothetical show, guys. You just ask us the the crazy stuff. Would you rather beat Georgia and finish nine and three, or lose to Georgia and finish ten to two?
1: lose to georgia i I think i think i agree with you see here's the thing but, because beating georgia on the road and you finish nine and three i'm just thinking if i was a coach or something the recruiting and all the stuff you can do that like i got that game but also if you go nine and three who did you lose to after
0: if that? you that's the problem if you beat georgia you're gonna be sitting eight and one and you're going to have the inside track to the SEC title game, and you're going to blow it because you've lost to Tennessee and Florida or yeah, Tennessee and Arkansas.
1: Okay, so, yeah, I made the right decision the first time. The 10-2, get yourself into a nice bowl, maybe New Year's 6 or whatever. I would, maybe
0: I would go 10-2 because, like, there's no sh- – Missouri yeah. can get beat by 30 points on Saturday, and, like, they're they're not going to take a hit. Everybody does. It's fine everybody does that i if if the if the sec east wasn't in play i would say beat georgia and go nine and three because i don't citrus bowl versus gator bowl i don't really care i don't think there's that big a difference it's just that beating georgia and then finishing nine and three would mean you were there you had the sec title game in your sights and yeah, you blew man. it, and I think that feels way worse than like I don't feel like nine and three would feel like nine and three.
1: There, this reminds me like one of my first pods when we when I got here. I think I asked, would you guys rather go five and seven oh, yeah. and be Georgia or go with six and six and go to a, a bowl game? Um, see now when they're when it's closer to more so winning and higher level wins, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> level, yeah. it's a little bit harder,
0: yeah, for sure. Um, so Somebody asked me this, I think it was in my mailbag last week. And uh as long as we're talking hypothetical things. What do you feel better about? A four point lead and Georgia has the ball or a four point deficit and Missouri has the ball.
1: You gotta give me a little bit more than that, gay. Can we put a I, situation? Can we get some I
0: mean into the game? you know, three minutes left. Would you rather be up four on defense or down four on offense? This is easy for me because I'd always rather be down four on offense. I'd always rather have the ball in my hands.
1: The reason I asked for the situation, because I'm just thinking, like, how's the offense going type stuff? Because we've seen this offense get stagnant and then you're just like, mm. yeah. Typically, I would, yes, yeah, say, give me the offense, especially if it's the offense we've seen versus like Kansas State versus Vanderbilt. I think that was probably the best Brady Cook has been. He's had a lot of really good games. I think that was his like his best game. Um if they're looking like that, definitely, but I always say though, you can't win the game if you're not in the league. So if and the defense isn't – I, I get it. you know, the defense isn't a slouch, but it's also Georgia and we've been talking about the a trillion weapons they got everywhere. So I guess reluctantly just a little bit I'll say give me the offense in the Four points, And down. I
0: think, look, I, I think I'm scarred from years of watching John Elway and just knowing, <laughs> yeah. well, yeah, I mean, I know they're up six points, but Elway just got the ball on his two with 47 seconds left. So the game's over. We're going to lose. You know, I mean, I, yeah. I, I think that's part of it. But I would I would always rather have the ball it, because I think it's really hard to stop an offense from getting 10 yards when they know they have four plays to do it.
1: it just all depends on the offense and, and and that defense and how the game flow is going to me. But yeah, it is still much harder to stop someone than it is to you know move for yourself.
0: All right. Now, now you got to brace yourself here, Gerard. I'm about to throw up a hot take comment here from our guy, Aiden. The biggest player in this game is either Mookie Cooper or Marquise Johnson.
1: Okay. I, Go first.
0: I, I, I I I can't get there. I don't I don't know what the justification here is.
1: If Aiden if Aiden means one of these players will have like a play like Marquise Johnson had versus Kentucky with the punt touchdown thing, the fake punt touch. Like if he means they're gonna have the most important or kind of crazy play, or maybe in addition to like maybe a surprise performance, I get you. But the biggest player, if they're the biggest players, you're probably losing by a lot. I'm not gonna. I'm. I'm
0: not gonna lie. I, yeah, I just don't see a situation in with though in which those guys are. So I. I did kind of a a most important player for Missouri on both sides of the ball this morning. I said it was Cody Schrader on offense. I mean, outside of the quarterback, it's always the quarterback, right? But I said it was Cody Schrader on offense because I think you have to be able to run the ball, and I think on defense it's Jaden Jernigan and Christian Williams because I think. Like, look, Georgia can throw the ball all over the field. Their passing offense is better than their running offense. But if you let them get the run game going, I don't think you have any prayer of stopping them offensively. I think you have to slow down the run game, and that's why I go Jernigan and Williams.
1: Okay. I, I did something similar and for everybody. I usually read Gabe's 10 thoughts after I write my column, specifically because I don't want to either copy his stuff on purpose or stay – or maybe shy away from kind of something, or yeah, accidentally so say I,
0: the same thing. Or yeah, yeah.
1: So I always write my stuff before I, I look at his uh, ten thoughts. And I did something similar. I had Cook, obviously. I had Schrader. My defensive person was Tyron Hop. I think he has to be big and help stopping the run. Um, he may be tasked with playing, uh, having to guard the tight ends a little bit in some capacity. Um, I think he has to be. He has to be better this year. His numbers. His stats and his grades, uh, PFF-wise, down across the board. I just think he has to be that player where we're like, he's the defense best defensive player on the field. Because I think at times he still can be, but he really has to this game.
0: Yeah, and uh, Matt Willis brings up a good point, game. Mm-hmm. Won or lost on the line of scrimmage. I mean, last year when Missouri had Georgia in trouble, Kirby Smart said, look, they they whipped us on the line of scrimmage. Missouri's defensive line dominated Georgia's offensive line in I mean, that that was the biggest difference from what we expected going in. I mean, if, if Missouri's front four can do that on defense, I think they'll have a shot, absolutely. Same. Uh, how hard would it be to sneak Nick Bolton into the game in someone else's jersey? I don't hard think Nick's or, dislocated wrist is yeah, going but, to work in this game. I
1: was about to say, so for one, playing for free. <laughs> and then playing on the risk and everything else I don't think that's the move
0: yeah and 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 look if I see Nick Bolton out there I might go down to the field and say hey Nick man playoffs two months let's let's yeah let's,
1: let's me rebuild. me trying to get Nick's attention hey man save it <laughs> save it save it for someone else
0: yeah um let's see um can you guys sing piano man on the post game when we win on Saturday i will not be singing. I'll just say that. Gerard, I don't know if you can sing. I will not be no, singing. No, that's not,
1: not my bad. Not uh, my bad.
0: Luke Bauer under center. I'm there for that. I I came close to asking Kirby Moore in, in the press conference last week if he had put in any packages for Luke Bauer, a quarterback. But Kirby just didn't strike me like he was in a jovial mood, like he would enjoy that question all that much. So I skipped it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So... Yeah, I don't know, man. I feel like I feel like we're gonna break this game down 972 different ways between now and Saturday. Uh, Bobby Brown says, "Who covers Dominic Lovett on Saturday?"
1: Um, will it be KD? Well, KD? Typical. I feel like we've talked about this maybe last week or the week before. How he's kind of typically stays on one side of the field, opposite right. us in the press box. So he's all the way over the other side. Um, it's I don't think it's gonna be KAD. Maybe Ennis because Ennis we've seen him move a little bit. Um, like we've seen him move around. If need, I wonder how much Drayden Norwood plays, and they do, you know, three cornerbacks out there and stuff like that. I can say, but I don't think it's gonna be KAD.
0: Here's the thing that I think makes Georgia so hard to defend. They have nine guys somewhere between 100 and 400 receiving yards. That's without Brock Bowers. So. Like you don't go into a game and say, okay, KAD, you're on this guy. This is the guy. Like if you're if you're defending Missouri, you clearly come say, Luther Burden's the guy we gotta stop, right? I don't one guy, two guys, however we do it, we can't let this guy be. There's no guy that you say that about on Georgia. I mean, yeah, Ladd McConkie at 130 yards, but you don't go into the Georgia game saying, no matter what, Lad McConkie can't beat us. You don't go in saying no matter what. I mean, you used to say it about Brock Bowers, but without Brock Bowers on the field, I just think you just go run your defense. Like, I don't think you have KAD travel with anybody. I think you just line up, run your defense, and, like, you're going to have four or five different guys on every play that you've got you've to account for.
1: Right. And um, Vlad, I feel like, if there was going to be a receiver, though, that they were just like, you've got to match up, I think it'd be Katie on lad anything to, to me, but yeah, I don't think they do that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean, lad McConkey, like, I, I don't think he gets enough credit. I think he's scared, but I, I just don't think he's the guy you go in saying we got to lock him down man to man. You know, I mean, I, I, I think, but look, I think Missouri has to get pressure with four in this game pretty regularly. Yeah. If, if you're trying to bring six guys all the time, they just got too many dudes to cover.
1: Yeah. The, I'm really interested in, in like the tight end, tight end versus Dalen Carnell tight end versus linebacker situation. Like that's, that's, you don't, it's one thing if what you know is going to happen, maybe you, but if the unknown or something, you, you're you not, maybe not taking a serious you, then that opens up another world of problems.
0: And that that's why if, I mean, if, if you're slowing down their running game, and if you can do that with your front four and Hopper and Bailey a little bit, then look at all the guys that you're talking about. I, I mean, we're talking about the corners, and you mentioned Drayden Norwood. Marcus Clark has played some. We've seen oh, more Trevez Johnson. We've seen more Sidney Williams. We've seen more Marvin. a little bit of Marvin Burks. Like, there's a lot of guys back there that you can mix and match depending on what the formations are and what the matchups are. But if George is running for six yards to carry, I don't think any of that matters because you got to put Carnell in there and crowd the line, and and you just don't have the guys to cover.
1: Let me ask you a question real quick because it's something also I wrote in my column. Um, it's just I think something big. Not only will the run game for Missouri, like Cody Schrader and any backs who may get in if they do get in, I think that's going to be important. But not just because of you know obviously getting the run game going and play action in the pass game, but I think it's important for time of possession typically I'm not worried about that, but Georgia's top five in time of possession. And if they can run the ball down your throats over and over and over again, that helps. If the defense can help stop the run, Missouri's defense can help stop the run. They can also control time of possession a little bit. Um, I mean, that'll help on the road for sure. And
0: and, and what you just described is kind of what happened in the Georgia game last year. Right. It, uh, I mean, the, the, Georgia didn't really run the ball that well until then the third and fourth quarter, it was just like this. Oh man, they're just wearing Missouri down. They're just leaning on them and leaning on them and leaning on them for five and six yards at a, at at a pop. They had 25 plays for 185 yards in their last three drives. And it was like Missouri just ran out of gas there. So I I think it's kind of uh, like Fran Fischella used to say about Mike Anderson's team. The pressure was cumulative in that game. Um, look, we got a long time before we <laughs> got to worry about a, a uh, prediction or anything like that. But I just think, <laughs> all right, we'll, we'll finish. This is the last question we'll take. Who do you think will be the second running back this week? Luther Burden. I was going to say
1: Brady Cook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Brady Cook. Yeah. I mean, look, man, if if they gave Cody all the carries against South Carolina, they ain't giving anybody else care. And, and I I don't actually disagree with it because I think the worst thing you can have in this game is negative plays. Like three yards on first down is okay. Negative three yards on first down is not okay.
1: Correct. I will say because it's a weird week and they have to throw everything at their wall. Maybe that does open up the opportunities for Nate Pete to get a little bit more touches just because if the tape shows the last three or four games, he's only got what, 10 carries over four games. Maybe that's someone that you try to get in, you know, swing passes, outside zone runs, stuff like that.
0: I look, I would think long and hard before I tried to run outside on this Georgia defense.
1: I'm not saying that's what I'm doing, but we're not <laughs> coaching, Dave. They can made it. We also wouldn't have said Cody Schrader's gonna make, run for you know, make that 63, 65 yard rush up the true. gut of Georgia's defense last year and almost score a touchdown. So true. Um,
0: all right, guys, so still five days, well, a little less than five days till kickoff, but we will both be in Athens. Uh, Gerard's getting in Friday. I'm getting in Saturday morning. We will have complete coverage all week for you. We're going to have Anthony Dasher on our show on Thursday from UGA Sports to talk about it. Um, if, if you guys are on the site, you saw the film breakdown. Are our- Georgia site did. I, I can say this honestly. It's probably the best site we have in our in the Rivals Network. They do a great job covering Georgia. If you guys want to want to see the other side of it, go to UGASports.com this week and, and check out what they're doing. Uh, we're going to talk to Eli Drinkwitz and, and players tomorrow. College football playoffs. Let, let's end it this, this way, Gerard. College football playoff rankings come out tomorrow. Where's Missouri ranked? 14. I say 13. I don't know who they're ahead of but I say they're 13, just, just for the hell of it.
1: I mean, it I think somebody said the other day, if they if they were 13th, it'd be like a spooky Halloween or something. So, yeah, there sure.
0: There you go. So, uh, appreciate all you guys hanging out with us. Uh, we had a couple hundred people on here. That's that's awesome for a Monday night. I, I apologize. You guys are missing the Raiders-Lions barn burner, I think. I mean, they're putting great games on for you in primetime this week. So, uh, go check that out. But before you leave, uh, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, do all those things. You'll get a heads up when we go live. We'll be live on Thursday afternoon. We'll be live again from Athens uh, sometime on Saturday night, probably shooting for about, I don't know, 8 o'clock, uh, 8.30 Eastern time, 7, 7.30 Central time. So subscribe to the channel. You'll get an alert when we do that. Uh, more importantly, hit up our guy, James Carlton, carltoninsurance.net. 314 961 4800 is the phone number. Uh, James is is our guy Drew King's insurance agent. He's my friend Tim McKernan's insurance agent. I know people who vouch for him, and you guys should hit him up. Uh, life insurance, auto insurance, home insurance, whatever you need. Just get in touch with James. He's gonna give you the best deal he can, even if it doesn't work out. If you get a quote from him, uh, you know, he's going to uh Going to going to do some things and try to help out Mizzou's NIL efforts. So get in touch with him there. And uh we'll talk to you later on this week.